When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dude, so what's been going on with Quixel, man? Quixel is still awesome. They have given us a discount code, GDU. And if you don't know Quixel and you don't know Megascans, you should go and check it out, right? Megascan is the new craze for photogrammetry. It's a library full of assets and ready-made textures for you to use into your preferred engine, like Unreal or Unity, or into your own personal projects or professional projects. So check them out. Again, the discount code at checkout when you go through the Megascan site, just put in GDU and you get 30% off for your first three-month trial. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome, man. Seeing what you've been doing with that stuff. And like, I don't really know a whole lot about making the assets for the photogrammetry, but knowing that they already exist and I can grab them and put them in my project and at least try it out and see the results, even beginners like myself can kind of take advantage of it. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's becoming the gold standard. Everyone's doing it. If you're doing a realistic games, especially you want to check them out. You want to integrate it into your pipeline. It's the easiest way to get good looking games. So that's one way to support us, right? What's another way that they can support us directly, Larry? Well, if you want to directly support us, the best thing you could do is probably go over to our Patreon page and look for Game Dev Unchained, where you can see all the things that we're doing to kind of give back to our audience who give back to us. Uh, Obviously, putting together this podcast, it takes time, it takes energy, but getting the guests and the things that we want to do to grow the podcast definitely will take resources but we get there a lot faster when we walk hand in hand with people who are like giving us a little boost. So anybody who has got any value out of any one of our free podcasts that we put out every Tuesday morning, uh, please go over to our Patreon page and just show love. Even if it's like a $1 contribution, anything, literally anything helps us because it all accumulates towards our next goal. Yes, and that's patreon.com forward slash game dev unchained. If you want to communicate, talk to other listeners, be part of our community outside of the podcast, go to our Discord page. You can find that on our www.gamedevunchained.com and have a chat with everybody and see the latest roundtable news before we do the roundtable episode. Yeah, that's where all the fans are. That's where all the people who help support us, they're in there having their own discussions, especially after the episodes go live. It's a great bunch of guys and girls in there. So go meet some people who also love game development like you do. All right. I think that's enough. (laughs) Let's get into this week's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in this corner, we have the heavyweight podcast champions, Game Dev Unchained podcast. This is one half of the, or I should say one third of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team for this week. Couldn't do it by myself. Never do it by myself. Hint, hint, wink, wink. With me to help co-host this episode is Mr. Brandon Pham. What's up, everybody? This is a Roundtable News episode. As always, we have our third favorite podcaster. What's up, Ray Graham? What's happening, man? Thanks for having me, guys. And we are always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we're always opinionated and always (laughs) representing ourselves. So please do not sue our company. Try to get us fired. You can hate on us all we want, but we want to hear about what you think about it in the comment section as well. So let's get into last month's biggest news. So it's becoming tradition, and I feel like this is going to be the next decade talking about some kind of battle royale game at the beginning. But Radical Heights, the latest Mm -hmm. and greatest attempt from Cliffy B on saving his company, it came out last month. It's an 80s theme Rattle Royale. It's totally relying on cheese and it had like a good amount of buzz around it. What do you guys think? So it came out with a very early, early access on Steam. We've yeah. had a chance to play. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll jump in first if you guys don't mind. I think what's interesting is the aesthetic appeal, right? Like kind of trying to differentiate it at least in theme by saying it's 80s, but it still draws to me a lot of visual comparisons to a game like Fortnite because anything that kind of bleeds into the like Pixar kind of stylized rendering 
I hate to say it, but I start to like immediately start referencing them directly between each other as like competition and not saying that it's unique, like saying that they're derivatives, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that really hurts because I also, I also like Fortnite's version of that a lot better. And then it being very early access, my problem there is I feel like it brings back too many memories I had of PUBG when I first started playing PUBG. It was like, oh my God, like this doesn't work. That doesn't work. Like I, I can't stand to hear people say it's coming down the pipe for a game that's competing with a lot of games that do it way better. And it's hard for me to take that standpoint critically, knowing that early access is literally that, right? Like, hey, we're going in early, stuff is coming down the pipe, you know, bear with us. But it's it's hard, again, as the consumer, because I'm like, man, this is like the 18th Battle Royale game that I'm hearing about. And being so early in your development cycle makes it very difficult for me as a consumer to say, I'm going to continue to support this one versus spend my time on one that's like really polished, really done and really free. All right, wait, <laughs> is that your comment? <laughs> wait, how do you feel about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear, I hear what Larry's saying, but like that's the whole point, right? Is you do the early access to get people that are interested in the style, right? And then they they sit there for long haul and they support your game for the long haul, right? Um, so, like, I, I think you know yeah it's good it's early so that's why it's going to be broken and have all these issues right but also at the same time like i wouldn't even compare it to fortnite or or pixar style like like it's not even close it's not yeah it's not the art the art's just not good i don't it's not i'm not a fan of the art style it's at all. Not good. well <laughs> the 80s the 80s like, i i don't know if they no, went no, for no. 80s or they like, like had bad graphics well, no no that's totally what they're going for is the okay. 80s style but then but Quite frankly, the American '80s art style is not one of my favorites. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's art style. This thing is just not very good for me. It's not aesthetically pleasing to me. Right? It doesn't bring back any nostalgia to me. I just think it looks corny and bad. And yeah. and, and then on top of it, the games are the access and the art, and the art's not fully polished yet either. Um, mm. So so it's just. But then you go to a game like Fortnite where it's just so tight, so polished, and you're like, yeah, like why am I playing this other? Thing? Yeah. And that's the main thing here. Well, I mean, they they themselves to give some context. The Radical Heights team, which one's it? Uh, what's their name? Of the company again? Boss Key, Boss, Boss Key Keys. Productions. Uh, you know, coincidence or not, right? They had another game, Lawbreakers, that didn't do too hot, right? It was around the time when uh, Overwatch came out and kind of destroyed anybody that was even thinking about making that game. Lawbreakers was one of the casualty. Uh, the last time I checked in terms of their stats, they had like 12 people playing <laughs> on mm. Steam. So they pivot, right? So obviously they pivot. And in that sense, I think they pivot correctly, right? There's a lot more interest in this game already, right? There's a lot well, more people playing. And, well, it's also this game's free, right? And the game is so, free, right? So and, more people are willing to try it because there's no upfront costs, right? And they, they're involving a lot more people uh, at the beginning of the game, so they said they themselves said it took them five months to put this thing together, right? Which is surprisingly what we anticipated what people would take if they were to copy PUBG, right? If they see PUBG from when they finally went into well, not early access, but when they finally released their first version, right? They've been in early access for so since February, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, you yeah, you could guess something running. In five months, which is exactly what Radical Heights is. It's exactly, something that it's something that runs, right? Right, but it's not. It's nowhere near like a ready or finish. Like not, not even close. Right? This is what I mean. Game. All right, this is what my point is. Fortnite <laughs> yeah. had things running a month later <laughs> after PUBG came out, <laughs> and then Radical Heights is to me a a, pull, a proper way of copying a game, taking some time, and then looking rough. Right, Fortnite was like already polished from the get-go sure we can say that they had you know prior developments on this game that never no one ever even heard about you know that used to have zombies right no one even remembers the zombie part it's like oh it used to be a game about zombies Mm. radical heights was the polite way of like hey we like battle royale it's hot all right we're gonna copy the formula look at how rough we are so they did it the right way uh, i will i will not allow the Fortnite slander. I, I cannot allow it. <laughs> I just gotta I say, man, the zombies no, no, no. was a well, the zombie part was like a 
like a huge part of that game that is nowhere to be seen anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, no, the reason, but the reason why, all right, go ahead. But the reason why they were able to turn around so quickly though is because they actually had a finished, polished game, right? And now, and adding PUBG mode is like literally adding a mode, right? Yeah. So that takes you have everything done, and you just make a new mode for the PUBG. It's a lot easier than making a brand new game from scratch, new art, new everything, new gameplay mechanics, right? Yeah. And so that's why Bos- that Bosky game is more more rough around the edges and unpolished, right? Because that's it's nice. just a lot harder to make that game than something you already have done, and you just, okay, now we're going to make a mode for the game that we already have done. Yeah, We already have all the shooting, we have all the weapons already figured out, we have everything figured out, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely easier when you have the actual game on your network drive that you can Yeah, reference. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and, I, and I think, like, after playing PUBG again and yeah. watching some high-level high play and everything, like, the the that the addition of the forts and the building stuff right like, and you see how people use that in the PUBG it, scenario it's a strategy yeah like it, it adds a whole other layer to that game as far as i'm concerned right it basically turns into kind of like a different game right because now it's about building the towers to protect yourself really quickly and being able to do that quick right yeah um i don't i don't even know how some of these players are able to do that it's like i'm just fumbling around on the keyboard right but yeah it's yeah. it's really impressive yeah the so, tools are definitely yeah. there yeah the thing i need to say though is like again to kind of co-sign with ray on saying no disrespect for fortnite's zombie mode is that's actually where the crafting gameplay was developed and fine-tuned was that it started with you're in a zombie survival game that you're crafting and building this base to defend, you know? And so it, it wasn't just the zombies that, you know, carried itself or excuse me, it wasn't just the zombies that we're saying is missing. So that was the whole game. It was, they also spent all that time developing the crafting and the blueprinting and the like click here to make a window and a wall that you've built. Like all of that tech was already proven out. So I think that that actually is the right way to copy or fast copy a game. Like the way that Epic did it, I give them credit in the sense that they said, we literally did take this game mode and sure, like some of the other things that we expect from PUBG, like flying in in a vehicle and then dropping in and yada, yada, yada. Like the intro, I'll say they completely ripped from Blue Hole, like completely ripped it. But the fact that they added a significant gameplay experience on top of allows me to say this is not just a derivative but this is a, an improvement on the game mode you know what i mean mm-hmm. so when i yeah. see other battle royale games coming out that's just here's our version of the PUBG battle royale experience with i don't know maybe we've added like a water gun weapon or like a <laughs> like it, it takes more than a, a new weapon you know what i mean like it takes new experience wrapped on top of a familiar layer of like PUBG expectation and i think that's the clean way to do it in my opinion yeah, and I and I think uh, in all honesty, Radicalize is missing that. They have some like they basically reskinned it and they change it up a slight bit, mm-hmm. but they're 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 missing like another layer of yeah. strategies and stuff. If that's how it feels to me, at least. Yeah, yeah. And, and nobody. I'm getting real low on the camera. Nobody attacks the actual gameplay, right? Like everyone is saying, let's do a battle royale shooter. You could even just change the word shooter and do everything else that PUBG does, but the way that players combat or interact with each other could change. And then now you have something that's like, oh, snap, we should play this one because it's Battle Royale with, like, tanks. But, like, you're not a person. You're just a a straight-up tank. You know what I mean? Or, like, this is Battle Royale with dragons. You're a dragon. You can fly around. You can cast magic spells. This is Battle Royale for ninjas. You can, like, blend in the shadows. You can. It's all swords and, and katanas and ninja stars. You know what I mean? Like, there's no guns whatsoever, and you can jump from a tree, you can blend it. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to throw out these derivatives, but what I'm saying is, like, that's the element that would really help a company sell a really cool battle royale is, like, don't make another battle royale shooter because there's tons of them. Like, make something that's like, all right, this specific major piece of gameplay is the reason why you want to play our version of a battle royale game. Right. That's my personal opinion. Well, let's let's state that for next year's goals because this year's goal is all about... (laughs) Call of Duty having a battle royale, and then we've heard Battlefield Five will have their own battle royale. So mm. the rumor, I don't know if it's rumor. I've had some straight sources saying this as well. Mm. This call uh, COD Black Ops Three is going to be the first COD that won't four. have single four. player. Sorry, four. Sorry, four. Yeah. Black Ops Four won't have a single player because uh, 
they messed up and they couldn't finish in time. And so they're yeah. trying to retrofit a Battle Royale version. Plus, we're in a weird time right now. Like, let's say February is the dawn of Battle Royale games, right? PUBG, like, kicking us off. Mm-hmm. Like, each of these games, at least the top two, which is Fortnite and PUBG, have reported over $100 million of revenue each each month mm-hmm. since then, right? So, wait, wait, wait. wait is, that, is that true? Yes. Sorry? Yes. This is true. <laughs> so PUBG is making 100 mil, but Fortnite made like 126 mil. Mm. Uh, in the every, last, wait, like, wait, last every month. month? Every so month? This is March's data. March data. So okay, so, so, so that's no, so that is from January, February, and March, probably. No, no, that's March. That month. That's just, just, that's just for that's March. March. Yeah, Fortnite just came out in March, March right? Well, their no, battle royale, battle royale no, just came out. No, 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 it no, it didn't. It's been out for a minute. It's been All right, but this is March's data, right? We'll link you guys. Okay, okay. All right. So they're making over a hundred mil, right? They're making a lot of money, and so uh, of course, this is the same way Call of Duty dominated the last decade. This has completely took a dip or took a hit in their mm-hmm. revenue stream. Of course, everyone's playing PUBG or Fortnite right now. So those guys, those AAA guys, traditional AAA guys, are are already you know copying and like you said, Larry. I think every game mode from now on is going to have some kind of battle royale for the next ten years. Okay. It's just battle the royale is the new capture the flag. Right? Exactly. Like every shooter you played prior to this generation, like last ten years, capture the flag, domination, team deathmatch, like all those little like extra right. This is just now the new bread and butter mod you have to have. I, I have a question for you guys, real quick, real quick. Sure. Uh, how many players does Call of Duty support? Like the old well, Call of Duty engine, how many players so, did it support? So here's here's what I can say. 16. <laughs> just, just tell me what the past game supported. A smart person would assume that like about 20 players would be the limit, right? Based okay. on what we... Okay, what okay. Game, right? oh, okay, okay. Let's just go with, yeah, let's just go with yeah. what, what we know from Battle the past. Field. What we know Battle from the past... Field. Battlefield is probably the closest. I think they could probably Battlefield can Battlefield will kill it. Yeah. But, but Battlefield can support sixty four. Last okay. I checked, with right? with, with vehicles. I, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, and I know and I know that Call of Duty like at least the last time I checked was sixteen. Yeah. Right. Sixteen. Okay. Okay. 16. So if you know what you know what I'm about to say next, right? You know what I'm about to say next, right? I don't know what they're doing. Did you hear the podcast? Did you hear podcast? We have to say that's going to be some straight up technological marvel to be able to get a hundred players going in a Call of Duty game. I honestly am very curious. In a short time span, right? Like if you're talking like two years development time, they they get the net code in the order where they could do that. Cool, but they only were able to do sixteen for the last how many years? Where they have they been holding out on us? Like, what's up, right? Well, uh, here's 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 my devil's advocate. Only able to or only going to because you don't want to stop the gravy train, right? Like that's one thing. Is they're very against yeah. like any sort of like no 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 don't change don't change stick to what is gold. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, I understand that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but obviously, I, I'd be a fool to think that you're going to go from sixteen to a hundred in like seven months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I will say is this. No one said that Battle Royale has to be 100 player. That is kind of what we expect as consumers just because PUBG did that and then Fortnite is doing that. But, you know, nobody says that, hey, maybe 50 players, but solid, right, is... Stop. (laughs) No, no, seriously, think about it. Nobody says 100 player is the requirement. And that may be the token that they lean on, which is we do have a Battle Royale mode. We have every man for himself up to as many players as we can support. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you can't enter the arena with less than a hundred. It's like it's the standard for a battle royale. Hold up, hold up. Do you know what a battle royale mode is with less than a hundred people? Deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just I'm trying to be objective from the standpoint of like I don't want to tease or make fun. I'm just simply saying, like, if I was the marketing person or the design team working on one of these fast follow applications for Bofo or for Battlefield, I would say, like, yeah, how many people can we support? And if we have to do it, then let's just make that as fun as possible. Uh, like, you know that that's the way that they have to look at it. Like, let's be real, right? Like, they went to the designers and developers and the engineers were like, yo, you need to have a Battle Royale mode. Our tech can only support 60. Figure it out. 
So this is... But but I think, like, one of the main aspects of the Battle Royale mode that makes it... Like, that, I think that is the the hook for people Mm -hmm. is the the moments of, like, the lows, like, the Mm -hmm. very long moments of lows, and then the the peaks, right? And, And you only get that with, like, a very large map, and very large maps are only fun if you have a lot of people on them, right? Like the, to kind of make, you know, you have to have the proper balance between size and map versus yeah. number of people, right? Um, so like, yeah, if you're rolling around with 60, then you have to adjust the map size accordingly. Then maybe it doesn't feel like a battle royale game at that point, right? Uh, I guess you would have to try it out and see, right? But it, yeah, you I know. Think for me, I think of a battle royale experience <laughs> like a, just think of it like a, a pyramid type of gameplay where high up is very intense action and very few players bottom of the period is very little action with very many players you know what i mean and they're just figuring out where on that mountain they're going to start from you know like oh we can do 64 so here's where our game yeah. begins. oh we can do 100 so here's where our game begins you know what I mean? yeah yeah but i think starting in the middle of that pyramid is <laughs> is a disservice to the game right like you know but anyway but i haven't played it yet and uh, from what I've heard, if I can like go from boots on the ground to all of a sudden like advanced warfare style tactics because I got a perk, I, I'm not going to pass judgment because I don't know what that feels like. It could be cool. It could be terrible. I but, will. Yeah, I will say, though, like I think Battle Royale game mode in the hands of a team that has experienced many shooters for many years like and also triple a and also triple a money where they just pour money into it like like it's nothing. Uh is 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 a big deal like that could be a big thing right if they get it right yeah i definitely think they're gonna um tread more on PUBG's territory than fortnite Mm -hmm. with call of duty and battlefield coming in if battlefield i don't know if they're gonna keep their vehicles or not doing the battle royale thing but that could be interesting either or and they definitely have the engine to do that and make it beautiful. The shooting mechanics mm. is definitely way better than PUBG. <laughs> By that point, you know, if PUBG keeps, you know, improving their mechanics from now to then, I don't even think they can catch up, right? With Battlefield, just like, hey, you know, all this history of shooting and with our engine, here it is, Battle Royale. They'll get there a lot faster, no doubt. So I wonder what that's going to hurt. Because right now, I still think the division between Fortnite and Battle Royale, even though that that balance is kind of shifting towards Fortnite is because it's realism versus stylistic, right? People still prefer the artistic mm-hmm. portion of those two games, but with call of duty coming in with their 16 player battle realm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how that's going. Um, no, here's, here's what you do. If I was Activision and I was the, the head honcho over there, yep. I would look at the performance of call of duty, the franchise and the studios working on it. And I would just be like, yo, infinity ward, we're not going to get an annual Call of Duty out of you guys next year. What are, or what are they? They're, yeah, they're next year after this year's. So I would say what I would like you guys to do is we're going to do a ground-up battle royale mode that like is exactly what Ray said. It's a two-year development plan for 100 players on a map. We can don't even think it's Call of Duty. Just have that team that has done all those shooters, right, with Neversoft guys who are still there kind of running the show from what I remember now, but still, it's still Infinity Ward. There's still a lot of people there from the previous days, and there's a lot of new blood there. I'd be like, yo, you guys start from the ground up, build me something in a year, and then let's take a year to polish it, and let's let that It's be the our engine, though, man. Me and you both know yo, that engine's so limited. It doesn't have to be radiant. The only reason why it's yeah. radiant now is because it's Call of Duty. It's, it's going to be radiant, dude. It's not going to be. It's going to be radiant. Activision... <laughs> owns games that aren't radiant right like i'm hoping that there's enough people there that have been like yo i've been messing with unreal or i've been using unity no nope. right, let's do this you're, 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 you're being i think you're being way too optimistic way too optimistic we but came from there we know what that's like if i was if yeah, i was if you were yeah they be smart like, yeah stick to radiant is biting them in the ass right now because i'm sure all their engineers have said this can't do it yeah like they're well, they're, they're facing yeah. that conversation right now well, the other question too is like uh, all these PUBG games, like Fortnite and uh, PUBG on consoles, right? Like, what what are the frame rate of these games on console right now? It's got to be thirty. That's a good question. I don't know. It has to be has to be thirty. I think right. It has to be thirty. No way any yeah. more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, I find, I find that like because Call of Duty is always also like the game to pride, it, the pride yeah. itself for running on sixty frames, right? So I don't know how how 
You make but that then, game. Here's the thing. Going back to that idea, they're not. It's <laughs> taking two years to make this game means that it's a PS5, Xbox 2 game. Maybe. Maybe. It, it, I mean, but at best, it would be a transitional game. They're still going to have to focus on the current gen and have an sure, upgrade they're version. Yeah. They're not going to have enough players. No, on the they're not. Game. Nah. It, we're talking about if they're going to do that, it would be like four years from now, man. <laughs> it's it's a novel thought. Like it definitely marks the dawn of battle royale. I ten the next ten years are battle royale games for shooters. That's the way it is. That's where it's going. So, uh, COD is. Cod has been dominating Battlefield with second, so those two are obviously playing catch up, and they can definitely take over. Man, you know? they have the developers, they have the experience, they have the engine. Well, one of them do. The other one, I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but we'll see. It's interesting to see because I I do like to see their version of it, a more polished up version, not a hacked together version. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's great news for gamers, right? Because people are loving it. Um, it it's definitely impacting the industry. I, I, I feel like the same way that COD Modern Warfare did back 10 years ago, right? It changed the whole shooter genre. So the same thing is happening now. And it's just by two different people, right? Unreal is still in the game, obviously. But PUBG is completely new. But... Uh, yeah, we'll just see how it unfolds. As of now, let's talk about other games that are dying, <laughs> which is pretty much everything else. But Destiny 2, you know, made big waves when it came out. What has happened, right? So from my my, <laughs> my news feed stream, I've been hearing that too. Like people who were in love with Destiny, and that game had a rough beginning, right? It was not what it uh were was led up to be right it had like a lot of shortcomings but then it took them a year and a half of dlc building up the community uh to to make like a really full-fledged everybody was having fun but with destiny 2 what we you know and a few round tables to go we were confused by it too it's like why is there a destiny 2 at all has been the question why didn't they just keep on doing the dlc patches and whatever because as far as i can tell there wasn't any graphical updates or anything besides greed right and then the the support the support of the game has you made everyone start over that was those are the complaints that i've been hearing everyone pretty much start over their stats like it didn't matter and then you know the the stuff that is there is not as compelling as what you guys had on destiny one and all the dlc i would say when I look at Destiny 2 and I look at Destiny 1 and I think about all the time and investment, like there was worth and value in the experience. And I still think that Destiny 2 kind of let me down in the sense that it was like Fisher Price first person shooter RPG. Like everyone can play Destiny. And it's like the, the amount of time that you're spending, it's just like, what do you call it? On like schedule, you're getting these cool drops, upgrades, and things. And it just felt like when Blizzard was making wow about 11, nine to 11 years in. When every character had full purple epic, like fucking everyone was decked out and like there was no value in any of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas I remember when I first started playing WoW, when I first started playing Destiny, when I first started earning gear that had light each piece, I was like, "Mm," like I scored a touchdown or hit a home run. I was so excited. You know what I mean? But but like like the original Destiny's loot, like at least in the beginning, was like completely busted. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, bad. it, was, it was bad, right? What I'm saying, Ray, is the role. <laughs> right? Like, the if everyone's rich, then no one's rich. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, but, that's no, but I, yeah, but I, but I mean, like, I think making it a little bit uh, easier to get loot that make you feel good about yourself, you know, like helps a game, right? Sure. But like, in Destiny, it was kind of like when you got loot that mattered it was like oh my god after you grinded for like so many hours and you did this you did that that you got the loot drop you're like oh yeah i finally got the loot drop that's why it meant so much right mm-hmm. but i think you can still have like those kind of weapons that are hard to get but then also still be able to have the carrot for the players to keep going right sure. because like in the first first essay did the at least and especially in the very beginning the loot the loot was just completely like that loot table needed some some <laughs> some balancing <laughs> right like it was bad it was really bad but 
my my standpoint though is and you touched on it was like you said the word grindy right like i would have been happy if destiny 2 was a little less grind or destiny 2 was just destiny 1 a little less grindy and thinking about graphical presentation if you showed like the average person who doesn't know destiny a screenshot from destiny 1 and a screenshot from destiny 2 but took off all the user interface they'd be like wow that game looks pretty cool what's it called they wouldn't know that it was two separate games yeah yeah well but that's yeah that's what you you know, you let's, have be an real. let's be real. Well, you have an engine, you have an art direction, yeah. you're making yeah. a sequel to a game with an established art direction, it's mm-hmm. going to look the same, right? And then you hope that it would be the experience that would that would change, right? I think uh, that's I'm, not, I'm not going to defend like Destiny because yeah, I played it for like a grand total of like maybe three hours. So I played Destiny one like way longer than that, yeah. Um, because I was just bored, I was bored after the first couple, of, I was like, oh yeah, this is the same game, right? Um, but but like at the same time, I don't know if that's the reason why it has failed. I just think there's oh, other there's other. I'm games not blaming the art. Right? Not blaming yeah. the art, and I'm yeah. not blaming. I'm just saying that's a funnel that could have been used to elicit like all the people who had played Destiny One, seeing like a huge graphical presentation that was like overhauled and significantly different. Yes, I know that takes time and money. I'm not. I'm not stupid. But like, there's a lot of people who will be like, "Cool, this is definitely a new game." Right. Yeah. Like, look at all these new features and gameplay mechanics. Cool. This is a new game. I will redo that 500, 600, 700, 800, 900 hour commitment from Destiny 1 all over again. Yeah. If it if there's not a huge jump, you, there's a lot of people who are like, it's the same. And now it's more pay to win. Like what? Like thinking I have to buy a new thing every time I want to change my armor color. Wait, what? Yeah. What about this new DLC? What? Like when you when your core audience is scratching their head because they don't understand, you fail. Yeah. Like yeah. You've already built them up. No, and, and then, I think yeah, and I think I think that's where it failed, right? It failed with the community. Yeah. Right. With all the community aspects, the end game stuff, like that's where it really failed. Right, yeah. it just it just didn't have a plan for any of that stuff. It seems, right? But I'm not. I'm very. I'm not that knowledgeable about Destiny in the first place. I will I say this. Go ahead. It's well to me. It sounds like the the business incentive was stronger than the player incentive to actually <laughs> keep the community going because it it, it 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 marketed itself as a community driven building type of game and it's the investment into your avatar and you you know the game is all about co-op and playing with your friends and that that's what keeps players from coming uh to coming back and 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 going through these raids together and for them to restart everybody on player you know on game two basically was a poor decision i don't know what the the in 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 the era where we're talking about Overwatch never really having a sequel, right? They're all about DLCs. You know, WoW already created this whole... They already fixed this problem, right? You just just continue to support the game, make it look better with DLC drops, create new events. Like, Bungie was supposed to evolve with that platform, right? And somehow they went back to the one, two, three. And you damn nail, you know, you know, Destiny Three is coming, which is another dumb decision. Three and four, actually. Three and four. It, it doesn't make yeah. sense that they don't wise up to so how the world is going right now. <laughs> no worries. Defending Bungie's honor, what I can say is I know the difference between decisions that developers are usually in control of and decisions that publishers are usually in control of. So the gameplay, right? Like. <laughs> The, the weapons that I was shooting, the feel of shooting things, the AI, although rather simple at times, some of the raid encounters were actually pretty fun. I think that, like, I give props to Bungie in making a video game, right? Like, I'll give them those props. What bothers me is the, like, thinking of microtransactions and the actual dollar-to-currency economy that was put into the game and the rate at which I was expected to continue to spend money to support my experience in this game that is what really shook me. And like, I had to let the game go like very fast. And I think that the reason why I'm even bringing this up is this, I would like to say to Activision EA, whoever is like head honcho, like making these types of like microtransaction studies and whatever plans for games based on the data, understand that like, even as a publisher, your relationship with the customer is more like a restaurant and less like a fisherman with a fish on a hook. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like these big publishers with the way that they're designing loot boxes is they think that like, yeah, we got them on the hook. No matter what we do, they're going to follow. So let's just take them for what they got. You know what I mean? Which is not the case. 
when you go to McDonald's, you buy Big Mac, you want to have a great Big Mac. And if your Big Mac is great, you will show up again and buy another one. But like that's these last two years have been proof that that's the relationship between the consumer and big publishers, especially when it comes to microtrans and loot boxes. EA puts out like their Battlefield 2 with their like, oh, 40 hours of grinding to get the one hero. And there's like 13 heroes. And here's how microtransactions is going to rape your bank account and X, Y, and Z. And there was huge backlash because once again, it's not fish on a hook. It's people who are giving you return business. They're offering you return business, but they expect satisfaction. You know what I mean? And once satisfaction isn't achieved or once they feel like it's not a mutually beneficial or at least equal transaction in the relationship, there's outrage. And I'm actually glad that publishers are now seeing that because it's like, oh, shit, we we can't just expect that they owe us their money or that they're just going to give us their money. Like there is a level of integrity in what we do. And I want the publishers to see that again and like actually like give a shit about it. I mean, can you believe, can you blame them though? Like, uh, <laughs> like FIFA, like FIFA ultimate team yeah. works, works. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's pretty grindy and pretty exploitive, right? Like straight up. Mm-hmm. But 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 it's making them tons of cash, right? EA, right? And then mobile in the mobile industry, this is like commonplace, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I think like all that's gonna happen really is you might just end up with more like what we talked about earlier, just more PUBG, right? <laughs> and then you just pay money to to unlock some cosmetic stuff, and that's where they make all their dough, right? Yeah. Like yeah, but we we paid sixty dollars for Destiny, and we paid sixty dollars yeah. for Battlefield too. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that, right? Well, but I, just, I guess I'm FIFA yeah. as well. So. Oh, FIFA, yeah, like like Ultimate Team, like a lot, yeah. a lot of these sports games are getting away with with murder out here in these streets, yeah. right? And nobody's talking about them, right? Yeah. But they're out here just raking in the cash off off of these uh, hey. transactions. Not in Belgium anymore. Belgium said no. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I think the <laughs> Not our kids. Yeah, I think a lot of the. I think this is the issue here. Well, FIFA comes out every year, right? So if you were to slowly rope people in, like little by little improvement, I think more people are more willing to go along with it. So they have what how many fifas to actually get to where they are now where people are like all right i'm i'm in but we're talking about like these battlefront games that are three years apart one game had it one game didn't and it's like what the fuck is this and so there's no like gradual step for a lot of the consumers to actually uh buy into this stuff to actually adapt to it to actually like it enough to stick around with it but what we're seeing is this constant and sudden perversion of this pay model that that you think the consumers will get along with. And of course it's like turning on the system and suddenly I'm being asked to pay for something. And to a lot of consumers, that's that's exactly the same experience that Larry's laying out. It's just, it's too sudden, right? It's not a sports title and you're not playing with a cell phone game where people are used to that with many, you know, again, they're, they're, they're used to uh, being exposed to that pay model. Right. So the console guys are the the oldest of the crew. They're Mm -hmm. used to, Buying a sixty dollar uh, no. Yeah, no. but you know what I mean. No. The shooter no. game. Well, you you young bucks, you young bucks, like just yeah. thinking like consoles is like some old shit, man. Like PC, man. That's that's where it all started at, right? I know, I know. But uh, right, like, and and so these PC people are actually way more against right. this stuff, right? But yeah. however, most of the successful microtransaction games these days are all on the PC, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because they're because they trade, they, they understand the market, and then they like, okay, we understand that we want you to pay us money, but we want to do it with things that you care about, and we want to do it for things that don't affect the gameplay, right? So a lot of the most successful games do it with stuff that doesn't affect the gameplay, right? Yeah. To me, I think the correlation are like... The people who play games on the phone, they play multiple games. So they're exposed to this pay model like more often. That's console guys, you know, they spend they spend less money on games throughout the year. Right. So they're not as exposed to those type of transactions as much as the yes pc players of course they shell money for cosmetic stuff i'm not denying that but every game has pretty much a different audience right so you can't expect them to jump around to know this by now so i would say that most people who are playing on pc like myself are still not used to microtransactions right we're still we are aware of it of course 
but I don't think uh, most of us spend that much money to to buy a sixty dollar game expecting to pay more for little mm. stuff, right? I think yeah. it's it's the majority of that small niche group that pays a lot more to pay for that more though more so than a lot of people, but, but spending a little for microtransactions. Yeah, AAA games cost like a hundred dollars now. It's sixty dollars yeah. for the basic edition, but then season one, season two, season yeah. three, season yeah. four, or like. Even if it's not season based, but it's like, oh, DLC one with this extra story content and DLC two with this extra story content and yada, yada, yada. Guys, this is the cost of <laughs> this is the cost of wanting better graphics, more mm-hmm. stuff, 80 sure. hour games. This is the cost. You want well, more, you want more gameplay. You want more hours. Yeah, this is the cost right and i i am a big proponent of shorter games more focused experiences right huge proponent of that right but as long as we out here paying money (laughs) to far cry assassin's creed and all of them right and all and all these big big games these cost money 900 people working on them 800 people working on them how else like the 60 dollars is not enough to feed the ever-ending graphical powerhouse wars and the and the game feature wars, it's just not yeah. enough. But and, 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 that's, and that's where we're at. And that's where we're at right now. But the same people driving that war are the same people who are suffering from it the most, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Like companies who think that their only competitive advantage is to raise graphical fidelity, they're shooting themselves in the ass because so many games that are coming out they're like, hey, we just have these really cool, fun mechanics and an interesting idea. People are like, what? Minecraft? What? Oh, wow, this is great. Like, no. what? Oh, my God, Fortnite. Oh, hey, this is great. You know what I mean? Not that Fortnite looks bad, but you know what I'm saying. They weren't chasing photorealism. You know, yeah, but like, but Fortnite looks great. And, and, it, yes. and, it, and it costs money to make it look that good, even though it's stylized, yes. right? Bro, they made Battle uh, Royale. People, yeah, I know, but but I'm people, teasing, teasing. but people, but people, even us have like yeah. ripped on like games. Like I just ripped on Radical Heights for not looking that odd, right? You know what I mean, yeah. right? And I think PUBG doesn't look that great either, yeah, mm-hmm. right? I so like, so so some people are out there craving for like the more uh, graphical polished things, right? Like I know plenty of people like, hey, you should play this indie game. Ah, it doesn't look that great. It doesn't look like, you know, the new God of War. It doesn't look like, you know, like, like there's this yearning for more and more and more and more always in every aspect of the games that come out. They're like, oh, what? The game's only 10 hours? Psh, for $60? Yeah. What are you guys talking yeah. about? I, there's, yeah. there's plenty of games out here that are 80 hours that are $60. What do you want me to do, right? So it's a never-ending, yeah. you know, cycle, right, of just, like, so trying to one-up each other. So. The Order 1886, right? Like, I, I bring that up because I remember... Before anyone, when that first game came out and was getting pressed, like, oh, it looks great. Like, look at this. And it's so interesting in the setting. And yeah, there's a lot of hype. And then one Reddit post I remember was like, it's only four and a half hours. And then it was just like, well, I mean, drop it. Hadn't even played it yet, right? Like, not a single button was pressed right. on a demo controller. And everyone was like, this game sucks. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. it. Won't play it. Yep. I, I I remember it was the right. shot heard around the world. Well, let's admit that game does suck. <laughs> oh, I the gameplay the gameplay sucks, it. dude. It's like a I'm, poor man Gears of War. But but that's nothing. But that's nothing to do with the length of the game. Why it sucks, right? No, no, no. It, it, it did. It didn't have enough legs besides the four hours. Like people started playing it. It's short, and you know the moment. The moment just felt repetitive. So there's a lot more to that story, definitely for sure. But I get you, man. Like there is this like retard uh, scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is this bad concept where we want triple A quality. Uh, with triple A length and uh, not being perverted with microtransactions, and it is a problem for triple A developers right now that we're yeah. trying to figure out because right now for triple A developers and triple A games, there's only a few companies that can still do it and remain mm-hmm. profitable. Right, studios are closing down, so it is amazing that a company like PUBG, that is technically indie, right, but they're you know indie compared to triple A traditionally was able to come out with a new mode while mm-hmm. they they popularize the mode for the first time and uh made tons of money 
So that's yeah. why, Ray, it sucks <laughs> when Unreal comes in. <laughs> Like, but this is this is the exact, but this is the exact early access model, right? The early access yeah. model is you use the early money to subsidize the development of the game. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's it's a different business model, right? Yeah. But when you're like AAA Joe Blow AAA company making a game for four, three years, five yeah. years, I I agree. Right, like right. you know, we're 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 kind of cool. talking about it right now. But God of War, yeah. you know, is a a mm-hmm. fantastic game. It's mm-hmm. ten out of ten everywhere. That game took five years to make, right? Which is the standard length now. It used to be three years, but it's five years now for AAA games. That's just oh, everywhere. Got to restart at least two, three times, right? In its <laughs> death cycle. That's standard AAA. But everyone that comes out of it, yeah, you know, they're completely happy. Of course, looking back, the experience is awful, you know, awesome. But they look like death, right? <laughs> because it takes a lot out of you takes a lot out of your soul five years man from five 25 years. to 30 is yep. what you're talking about age-wise that is a significant yeah. chunk of your life to devote to the one product yeah, yeah. of course yeah so there, here's what i will say yeah the way that i look when i take a ten thousand foot view at the kind of the game industry right now and where it's going towards as a consumer i'm actually not upset right because what i'm seeing is yes it is taking a lot more time and money for big companies to make great triple a games but I'm not yet at the point where all of them have decided it's no longer profitable, right? right? Even when EA is like, oh, we're not going to do single-player adventure games anymore, it's it's not profitable given yada yada. And Sony's like, hold my beer. You know, yeah. like, I'm happy that there's still a company proving out that, like, hey, we can still make great games the way that we want, and there's still customers who will buy it. Right. Uncharted 4, awesome. <laughs> God of War, awesome. You God of War I mean? doesn't have multiplayer, right? Disclaimer, right? I, I essentially I, did, but I don't know if this one does. Not I this one. Yeah, no, no, yeah, this one does not have multiplayer. As far as this I one's know. like an open world either. God of War. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's. Well, that's what I'm seeing. Openish. Yeah. I'll say this though. Like, I think Sony's kind of an outlier because yeah. of the fact that they own the platform. Right. Right. And so, like, there's there's some guarantee there, and like, and if you do a good job, right, and it's only okay. coming out on your platform, you're gonna you're gonna sell. You're gonna sell these games. Tomb Raider. Hey, Tomb Raider. I'll be sur- I'll be surprised if I see another Tomb Raider come out. You what? will see another Tomb Raider come out. I probably I probably, I probably will. Right? You mean right? after this one? You mean but after how, the ones coming out? No, but how? But no, but when it comes out, when it does come out, okay. right? It's okay. gonna be on every platform, right? right? Right. And there will be some sort of DLC and storyboard and like and season pass and all that. Yeah. Like they will do the same things that everybody else does to make extra money. Right? right, and the reason why Sony doesn't have to do that is because they also because they own the platform, right? right? And so and so they can take time and make sure put the investment into making these games right. shine on their platform. It's the only platform they have to shine on. So they, so that also makes the games cheaper to make because yeah. they're also only on one platform, right? Right, right. And so you could focus all your efforts on one platform, and then just knock it out of the park and sell it to everybody that has one of your one of your boxes, right? Like, like they're in a little bit better situation than, than sure. say a AAA developer that has to make it for many many different platforms. Sure. So right? what I'll say is this: I don't disagree at all that like Sony yeah. Studios have a huge advantage. What yeah. I'm simply saying is, as the consumer. I'm still getting top tier AAA yeah, games. Consumers are so long fine. as I'm on a PS4. Yeah. Right? It's great yeah. to be a consumer now. There's just so many choices. AAA, indie. There's just so many platforms you can choose of VR, console, PC, yeah. mobile. Except so Xbox. <laughs> X, X crap. Xbox is nowhere to be. You know what was funny, man? I saw a list of the 10 best games for Xbox One that you can get now, and they're not exclusive. It's like these are games you can find on the PC, PS4. There's like, man, Xbox One is dying. Anyways, no, I actually, I actually really like. I really. That's no shade. I really love Xbox. Like, yeah. I, I like I like the platform, but like, yeah. yeah, there's no there's no exclusives that are worth playing. At all. Oh yeah, I mean they're great Why when you want to prop up your PS4 <laughs> to <higher laughs> on your console. <laughs> but, Why, yeah. Why do you guys think there's no exclusives that you know? Because Gears of War is an exclusive series for Xbox. Halo is an exclusive Gears. series for Xbox. What was the last Halo? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. But I'm just saying, like, come on, come on, son. <laughs> no, but this is, this is you for know, the users, right? Because you, 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 
It's you know better than this. Yeah, yeah. I, I know better, but I'm bringing it up as a talking point. As, so as a consumer right now, it's very yeah. hard to name an Xbox One game that I'm excited about that's coming out or the last game that I heard about that I was excited about. It's just they're yeah. they're kind of reorganizing, restructuring. To me, honestly, they're kind of just abandoning it <laughs> and we're already working on their next thing. Like think, it doesn't seem like they're coming out with any news about any exclusive that gets people excited right now. Gears of War is not <laughs> is not getting anyone excited. I think the reason why Gears of War and Halo end up dying out as exclusives is both of those are shooters. Yeah. Right? Like primarily like shooters with a slight like, oh, there could be a competitive element. But all the competitive people who want to play shooters have left Gears they of War left. and Halo to exactly. go and play this other title. And so that's that the risk. Huge, Exactly. That's the risk. But that's the risk in having shooters primarily as your big go-to. Yeah. Well, like Forza, I think, is the only other right. Xbox exclusive I can think of. But this kind of goes back to our point before, right? It's going to take five years to make it show a game now. Yeah, there's this quantum, this quantum break. This, yeah. Uh, good. Come on. <laughs> Who? The Max Payne guy? What? Five years is a long time to... To just go away and make a game, especially if you only have two major shooters, shooters especially, right? Every year, there's like an uh, an upgrade in shooter genre. Like every game is trying to up itself. And for you to wait five years, you're probably going to come out outdated. Like the last Gears of War made no waves. Mm. Mm. I can't, I can't even... Mm. Hey, read an article about what what the last Gears of War offered in terms of what they created that genre of third person shooter over the shoulder. Did they do anything different? Did they do anything new? It was like it wasn't even highlighted anywhere, and it was just drowned out eventually. And Destiny faced that same exact problem. Destiny Two had a lot of uh, interest at the very beginning, but it just fizzled out. Like I don't even think Destiny Three is going to be even an event anymore. Like battle royale games are just coming out yeah, too plentiful. Really hurt the, the franchise. I hate to say it because I have friends that are working on the game. Like I think, and not to bungee themselves, but just the reception of Destiny Two and the backlash that they faced has really hurt the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Destiny Three is going to have to be like instant VR. Like I am the Titan. I am the Warlock, yeah. or I am the yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're going to need to pull something out of the hat. Yeah. A shooter is going to be having the toughest time with these five-year gaps if they are not early access like PUBG the way they did it. Fortnite where they, you know, turn into another game. <laughs> or <laughs> or, or Call of Duty or Battlefield where they're releasing a game every year basically, right? Yeah. Like, if you're not one of those guys, it's going to be very hard for shooters to stand out. Like, Titanfall 2 was a really good game. But I I, I am, even if Titanfall 3 is a really good game, who's going to be talking about that game when it comes out? Oh. You know, it's a very weird space. You give up already? <laughs> no, well, there's, the shooters, is it's changing. Like, if you're not Battle Royale, and if it's not streamable, and not watchable, it's not fun to watch. Well, I you, think I, I think no out of, place. I think out of everybody though, like uh, res like respawn can do something that will get people's attention. They've they've shown yeah they've shown that they're able to do this constantly. And yeah, and I think yeah, if the next game is is the Star Wars game, shit, like that's <laughs> <laughs> like that's gonna be like come on, man, right? So uh, yeah, right. So like I'm not worried about respawn at all, right? Like because they have a track record of like mm-hmm. not disappointing. Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't play. Honestly, you can't play Titanfall. You can't play Titanfall two and tell me like the game sucks. No. Critical opinion. acclaim. I have no really doubt. Games. The critical reception would be great, yeah. but the sales yeah. is what's going to hurt them. That's the question mark. It's like how are people yeah. going to receive their games? It's a, yeah. it's a different platform. It's a different genre now for well, shooters. So the thing for me is that like I've spent twenty something years looking at a target and clicking a button. Yeah. And when I really boil it down, right, like I'm moving my camera, I'm looking at a target and I'm clicking a button like that essential experience, even though, yeah, of course, it's a shooter being simulated on PC. Like there's not a whole lot to offer if it really goes down to that bread and butter of like find my target, click on it. Okay, I've done damage to it. It's over. 
So we're, the reason why I bring this up is that like somehow it's got to evolve and, and go further. You know what I mean? And which is why I like hero shooters because it's like, Hey, yeah. Like unreal tournament came up with like every player is the same. There's different weapons and there's different power-ups, but anybody can get those weapons. Anyone can get those power-ups. Whereas now with hero shooters, it's like, Hey, I'm committing to like a play style. Like these are yeah. the strengths and weaknesses of this character archetype. So therefore my experience is going to be like this, or your experience is going to be like this. And then there's synergy. Between, like that's what I'm kind of looking for. Not necessarily more hero based shooters, but just somebody who's like, how can we take this simple concept and like really offer some new and unique ways to play through this? Because Halo gears of war, all their health values, the same. Anyone can get any weapon. Anyone can get any power up and go against their enemy that way. Right. And that that idea is dead now, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm Yeah, I'm glad you're not asking for more hero shooters either, because no. I think that's like I think that's over too. like like lawbreakers yeah. failing. Yeah. There was the one. What was the one from um, from 2K? I can't even remember the name of that game. Battle Born. Battle Born. Yeah. Battle Born. Gearbox. Right? Gearbox. Yeah. Gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like but 2K published it. Right. Yes. Um, like so like like. Overwatch, I think Overwatch like has really made it hard for anybody to say, "Hey, I want to make oh, a, yeah. a hero based shooter." At this yep. point, dominating. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, oh well, talking about people or developers that don't make any games anymore, but mm. acquiring developers, Valve bought Campbell Santos. Was this oh, a man. surprise to you guys? I didn't know it they was were. A surprise to me. I didn't know they were for sale. <laughs> I didn't know they were buying. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Like, well, Gabe, yeah, Gabe yeah. came back on Twitter, and then like weeks after this was announced, so obviously he came back like, for a reason. Well, like, but yeah, from how I understand, it, it was just kind of like an opportunity kind of thing, right? Like they weren't like actively looking to sell, but the you know opportunities come and you jump at them, right? When they when the, when they come knocking, right? <laughs> so let me let me the ask you this question: was What's literally six black duffel bags that were dropped? On <laughs> <laughs> like, well, let me ask you this: what, what 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 is Valve planning? What 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 are you guys' opinion? Because obviously they don't need to buy games or make games ever again. Like, what is this move about? Like, did you? What? Well, the two founders of Campo Santo are well known for making story-based games, right? Mm-hmm. Right from from the time of Telltale, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you you bolster your creative team by hiring those guys. Yeah, right. But did, I, I, did is that is that really the reason why? Is this like they just want to get back into making games again, or what? Let's, I think it's, that. it's a good guess. It's a good guess. Yeah. let's be real right so valve has all the money in the world like everybody at valve who receives money from valve is taken care of for life so sure take money off the table why do it right like obviously the same reason why you got in i'm assuming that there's like some influence in like you know what it would be nice to make games again it would be nice to do other than look at excel <laughs> drink champagne and buy ferraris and lamborghinis and yeah. You know what I mean? uh, okay, this, so this valve, the valve slander, the valve slander now, right? Like, like let's be real. Slander. Portal, Portal Two. All right, Portal purchased. They made some VR. They made some VR games, right? Purchased. They made some games recently, not at the scope that, not at the scope that everybody wants them to make the games at, of course. But they've been making some games, some smaller things, right? Yeah, like we all want Half Life Three. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But they, they are kind of, you know, Dota. Right, they are out here making games a little bit, dabbling, putting their toes in it. That was purchased too. So, (laughs) so this is this is weird. So, I I would say Valve is among the titans. You know, clearly, you know they're not at Blizzard status where every license is like gold, right? But they are there. They have Steam, so that helps equalize the 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 level field. But Valve has this. I don't know. Is it like this weird creative ancestral thing that they got going on over there where they can't create their own IP anymore, where they have to purchase studios for creative? I don't think so. Creative jumps. Uh, you know what I mean? It feels like it, 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 it's a, it was a weird move. I, I get it. Right. They totally fit. Right. The storytellers at Composentos mm-hmm. are, are great. And it, 
I can totally see them fitting in with the Valve culture and their list of well, games. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far. But well, but. Like, <laughs> well, like in, in terms of first-person storytelling, right? They fit yeah, yeah, within yeah. that mold. Yeah, like like the track record of like when they buy games and what yeah. happens after. Usually, is the game comes out and then things it's happen. Loud. Yeah, things happen. No, no, the games are usually good. Like like Left 4 yeah. Dead. Was no, the de- developers. Right. Yeah, yeah, but the developers usually go their separate ways after. Right, usually, right. right? Like, like it's kind of like seems like a revolving door a lot of times yep. in that respect. Yep. yep. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen in this case, but um, you know, like I'm, I'm eagerly waiting for that game to come out. Like Valley so, of the Gods looks great. It, it looks look really good. good. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just trying to think when I'm getting to that point when I. Well, I'll never be at Val's point, but I'm trying to get put myself in those shoes. It's like, all right, I don't need to make games anymore. Obviously, internally, I'm having issues coming out with games. I buy, I make this move with Campo Santos, who's coming out with a great game, well on its way to being a really good game. Firewatch is proven. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, am I trying to buff up my portfolio to sell? Because they're still private, right? This is speculation, right? <laughs> I'm going to jump in and just say a couple of things. Yeah. Valve has two types of people there right now. They have executive, business, corporate people. Yeah. And then they have a ton creatives. of developers yeah. and creatives, right? So like if Valve were to only concentrate on the one side business. of the business, yeah, yeah. What, are they going to fire all these people and let them go? You know, or are they just going to let them sit in career limbo and just tell them like, hey. Well, we've entertained this idea before, yeah. right? If someone was to yeah. buy... Valve as is, you know, they have a shitload of licenses to create from, to make money the same way, like Disney bought star Wars, you know, and they're making billions of dollars every year. You know, Valve has that potential. If they really want to row up their sleeve, they have so many good licenses that can go up to blizzard status or if not already. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Valve selling. Uh, Let me just finish real quick. Sorry. I can see Valve selling to like a com- a company that was very rich in foreign money and wanted yeah. to have a U.S. money Presence. press. Yeah. So, for example, like a Tencent being like, hey, if I buy Valve, I now have U.S. dollars in generated cash flow and I don't have to worry about some sort of currency conversion or whatever, whatever. But yeah. they have Unreal and Fortnite and I'm sure that's doing pretty well. But that's I can't see anybody with the like strength to buy Valve that would like maybe Google might you know, Margaret, like I can't really, there's not a lot of people who could show up and be like, Valve, we can make you a serious offer. You know, just being real. And I wouldn't sell Valve. Valve prints money. Yeah, but at a certain point, you have enough money to be like, hand over the reins, you know, you don't want to operate it. Of course, you can you can hire someone to be under you to take care of things, mm-hmm. but at a certain point you don't want to have anything. And, and it could be one of those things. Like I took it as far as I could the same way, you know, Lucas kind of sold his ILM. This is all speculation, but what's interesting about this is like, it, to me, it doesn't make sense to be so dormant for so mm-hmm. long and then suddenly make a move like this. And it's well, not, well, not to make games again like that can't be it that doesn't feel necessary you know what i mean like unless they're like drinking buddies and they've been talking about this for years it's not about necessary okay yeah well here's the thing too right it's it's like forward facing like outward facing yeah valve's been dormant you haven't seen many games come out whatever right but like behind the scenes like they've had game teams working on games right like Mm -hmm. and the games like they also probably have very high standards for their sure. games as well, right? Sure. So games get scrapped, ideas get get re, you know, rethought up, and then let's do a prototype of that again. Oh, I'm not good enough. Scrap it. Do another one, right? There's probably been a ton of that over the years, which right? yeah. probably right. leads to a revolving door of creatives because it's frustrating, man, to be on of a course, game of course, <laughs> of course, you know. And so, and so, like, I wouldn't just like they're not just sitting around. Counting the money, right? There, 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 there's probably some, some teams, of them, not all of them. There's teams that are spending a little fraction of it, and then, and then they're counting the rest of it, right? Uh, so, like, you know, so and so then, like, buying a team where that has a game that is on track to coming out, and a team that kind of fits the mold in terms of the storytelling, kind of, kind of makes sense, right? Because then after that game's done, you can now, you now have a creative group 
that can make something else, right? Yeah. And then put you back on the record of, of being able to make games again, right? Um, at least that's that's probably the goal, right? Yeah. Um, but I and bet for you, Campo, and for Campo, yeah. it's a good move too, right? Because then, yeah. of course, you, know, you have them, security. We have a lifeline. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have, a lifeline. yeah, yeah. If you have security, you don't have to worry about marketing. You don't have to worry about all the mundane stuff the indie game uh, team has to worry about. And now you can just focus on this thing that you do and this great games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope history doesn't repeat itself and Capasanto, you know, <laughs> remains running uh, and and keep making games. It's just that I've seen this move so many times from Steam from Valve. It's, it just seems like they just run them dry and then something happens and then they 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 just have a creatively difficult time. And I and it felt like for a while they were out of it. Like, yes, they were doing tests. They were concentrating on HTC. You know, they were doing some kind of augmented reality stuff for a while. You know, a lot of experimentation. But it never felt like they were going to get back into making games anymore. Either because of the high standards internally or just simply all, you know, it could be all the creatives left. You know, who knows? Anyways, it's it's an interesting move. I'll say it again. The lab is a game. Sure. The end. <laughs> I'll say sure. <laughs> just point, I'm just demo. pointing that out. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the lab. Like throwing a bone to my dog. <laughs> this is completely like Half-Life 3 if there was. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to keep, of course, everyone's going to watch and of course uh, the Campus Santa team is going to do a great job it was a very that of all the news that was the weirdest one that to me that stood out um, I was looking at the time I was thinking of a rhyme Good night. this is Brandon Fan. I'll see you guys next week thanks for having me again guys deuces if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.